Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who's become, he's become, he's becoming, Judas in his mind, Derek Halpin. Big news, Chris Jericho, the man himself, has finally decided to unblock me on Twitter. This truly was a Christmas miracle. It really was, and honestly... I hadn't thought about it in a couple weeks since we recorded the episode. We had a couple of our listeners reach out to Jericho on Twitter trying to get him to unblock me. But again, this was a couple of weeks ago. Some time had passed. I really never thought that it was going to work to begin with. And so I check my phone. It's like 2.48 in the morning or whatever. I have to get up for work in a little bit. And I check my phone and I see a message saying, You're welcome. And then I read who it's from. And my first reaction to this is, it's got to be a bot. There's got to be something weird going on where somebody has added Jericho. There's no way telling- that at 2 a.m. he texts you. Yeah. Or, or whatever time. Well, it was 2 a.m. Yeah. my time, where I was. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I, I roll over, and I, I see this, and then I'm like, nah, no way. So I go to my at's. I go to my mentions and I see, oh, it's it's really him. Chris Jericho has directly tweeted at me telling me you're welcome and I am unblocked and I can see and follow Jericho now. It has to be I'm because ha- of one of our listeners, right? It it has to be. And and I don't know who. I, I have my suspicions. Lowell is at the top of my list of, of possibilities as somebody who can make this happen. But it made me very happy. I'm I'm a very happy camper. And out of all out of all the pro wrestlers who have me blocked on <laughs> on Twitter, this is the one that makes me the most happy to have like like I'm glad I have gotten some kind of redemption or forgiveness out of this. You don't want to be on the bad side of a living legend. I was on the list, Garrett. I've been on the list for three to four years now. You were on the list before the list was public. It's true. I may very well be the actual Start of the list. But I'm sure he had other people blocked before he blocked me. But I like to think I'm number one. When I woke up to seeing that tweet, and it said, you're welcome, wink face emoji, which yeah. was even cuter. Yeah. And it's knowing that he sent it in the middle of the night made me even more excited because it was my favorite version of Jericho, which is that he's on tour with Fozzie. You know, he's up, it's late, he's been drinking. And then he thought, it's time. It's time. Derek's out of jail. You know, there is a part, you'd have to admit there's a part of both of us that really hopes that the reason he unblocked me on Twitter was that he listened to our tribute episode to him. And he said, "Eh, I'll unblock him. That's what we both really want. But I think I'm I'm just as happy knowing that somebody who listens to this podcast, this damned podcast, was able to get Chris Jericho to unblock me on Twitter. Thank you so much. Made me very, very happy. I couldn't go back to sleep after that, just so you know. That was better than any rate reviewer subscribe. Almost. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs> <laughs>
Speaking of rate reviewing and and subscribing, now's a good time to tell you to please do that. Hop on the iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us that review. And if you leave a review, let us know what you want us to watch. We will watch absolutely anything you would like. As long as it's related to pro wrestling, we'll watch it. Hey, we've been having some good reviews come in lately. Yeah, we uh, just had a review come in over the weekend. Uh, the headline, GOAT, which immediately, af- I saw this right after you'd already gotten the thing from Jericho. So I was like, oh my God, Jericho left this review. I don't, I don't think it was. It was Nixter.23. He says, if I was on death row and had one request left, it'll be to listen to this podcast. Thumbs up. That's that's one hell of a compliment, no matter how you splice it. Derek, if you were on death row and you could only watch one more wrestling match, what would be your last one you see before they inject you with poison? I don't know. Maybe that triple-tiered steel cage thing that David Arquette was a part of. <laughs> because you get to watch a whole movie leading up to that and it just prolongs your life. It's a little bit of everything. It's some WCW. It's some yoga instructor. It's some actor. No, that's not the match I would watch. I don't know, man. If I was on death row and I could only watch one more wrestling match, I don't know. I would. It would take some time to come up with a nice answer for that. I hate to disappoint you that I can't just pull something fun out of my ass. It's okay. I mean, if I had to, I don't know. I would probably go the TLC match from WrestleMania 17. I'll tell you the truth. I watched some pro wrestling today for this podcast, and one of the matches I watched may very well be on the list of matches that I would watch right before I died. Good Lord. Yes. That's some yes, high. Sir. To me, that's the highest praise. It's the last well, I one said, you see. I said one of. Well, it, no, would make, it, would, it would make the list. Even making the short list. This is more important than the Oscars. This is Derek's death list. Yeah, I, I watched I watched some good wrestling. So did you. You took a trip. You went to the East Coast. What did you see, my friend? Well, I flew out to uh, New York City for final battle at the Hammerstein uh, what Ballroom. Put, what, what promotion puts that on? Is it some indie thing? It's, it is a some indie thing. It's a, the Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, this lost everyone that matters, so I get to talk down to them. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, just kidding. I'm kidding. This, Great people there. This was a fucking exhausting trip, man, and I am not recovered from it yet. You're still uh, jet lagged? Oh, fuck yeah. I flew out. I had to wake up at like 6 a.m. on Friday, fly to Chicago to get a connection out there. I landed. We didn't have time to hang out, by the way. Oh, we did not. I barely had time to get to the next plane. Got on that plane. On the flight there, if you're wondering, yes, watched Christopher Robin. <laughs> How was Christopher Robin? Uh, my official review of Christopher Robin is, it's so cute, you'll want to put a gun in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, can you name any movies without a heel? There's usually a heel. Uh, like, without a heel, there's, what are you working towards? I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about your review of Christopher Robin and wishing that one of our listeners would give us that review on <laughs> iTunes. Somebody, goddamn it! I know one of you has already left a review, but you're sitting next to your significant other. Grab their phone, iTunes, predetermined to pro wrestling hangout, five stars review. So cute, you'll want to put a gun in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Christopher Robin. 
So at, at what point, this is important because before you delve into, because you're going to have a, a whole tale to tell about your time in New York. You, you visited some of our wrestling friends. It was kind of a quick trip, but you, you did see some people there. But before we get to that, there is a quick shout out we have to give to our friend Jeffy. Jeffy wrote us a song. Good fucking Lord. Did Jeffy yep. write us a song? Yep. Derek, what was that song about? Oh, my God. It was about Dean Malenko's Angry Come. Ugh. Jeffy, I, you know, now this is becoming just uh, more of a morning drive time show. Now we're having people send us songs. It feels like we're more like Howard Stern now. So thank you. I'm going <laughs> to, I am going to in- include that song in here. You'll be able to hear it. That should be the outro this week. Fair enough. After we hit our goddamn music at the end, you'll hear Jeffy sing us out. Maybe, maybe we should hit Jeffy's goddamn music. <laughs> I I did challenge him. I said, is it possible for you to give a musical synopsis of our shows every week? And he seemed up to the task. So we may have more coming. I'm not going to put all that pressure on him. He's probably a busy guy. But I am excited to see if there's a a funny and creative way to condense the things that we talk about on this podcast into a one-minute-long acoustic song. I am so excited to hear more from Jeffy. And uh, I hope you enjoy his song at the end. Also, one more shout-out to a listener and a friend of the show, Suplex and Stilettos. She sent Derek and I t-shirts for for Christmas of her. We got free gifted t-shirts from Suplex and Stilettos. Oh, my gosh. Ah, That's my first Christmas present of the season. Mine, too. And I actually, I wore mine to Final Battle. I I represented the Suplex and Stilettos army. I wore mine next to the Christmas tree. You can see a picture of those on uh, on our Instagram, on the the Twitter, Facebook, all the things. We posted them. Uh, give her a follow. We do social media. She's really kind. She's really funny. She she listens to the show. Thank you so much. Oh, suplex and stilettos. Shirts. <laughs> so you... <laughs> no, it was awesome. I, I wore mine yesterday. Um, I was going to ask, at what point did you get off the plane? You said that you it took you a while to find out that Jeffy had posted us a song. Yeah, I think I was in the air when he posted that. And then I land, Yeah, no. get in an Uber, get to where I need, because I landed right at rush hour. So I had to fly from, La, or drive from LaGuardia to my friend's place to drop off bags. I was there for 10 minutes. And then within the next like half hour, I was at Hammerstein Ballroom. Nice. Uh, so I really hit the ground running on this one. And damn, I was, I was exhausted. I hadn't eaten since dinner the night before. Hitting the ground running seems like a better situation for you since you usually suck at visiting. Cities. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it is. I like, uh, I like being busy cause then I don't have to <laughs> occupy my time with anything else. There's no pressure to be a tourist if you're just kind of shoved into the things that you're there for. So, yeah, I uh, met up with Queen of the Ring, took the subway to the Hammerstein Ballroom, get off, walk by Madison Square Garden, see that for the first time. And kind of as I got to Hammerstein, I realized, oh, my God, this is this is another bucket list wrestling venue that I completely forgot about. Yeah, you've you I don't know how many are on your bucket list. I don't know, and obviously Hammerstein wasn't on there, but it should have been and until you realize it. But yeah, what 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 other ones? Is the garden? Well, yeah, I get to is that I get you're to going check to the, that off in April. 
And then I feel yeah. like one of the only other big ones, I mean, if you can think, because I did Cow Palace, I've done Tokyo Dome. Uh, to me, the ECW arena is way up there as well. So Right. That's probably the last major I, one. As far right? as I can think of, because, I mean, I know some people think the asylum here in Nashville is, and I got to see NWA there and some other things before they are going to tear that down next year. So I, I feel like I've done a good job, and fuck, a lot of them were checked off in the span of a goddamn year. Right. You've had a busy year wrestling-wise, and actually this this trip you just took wasn't even supposed to happen no, originally. A, a cheap plane ticket led to me seeing Final Battle. How's Queen of the Ring doing? She's doing great. She uh, hung out with us quite a bit all in weekend. If you want to know what it's like to walk around wrestling shows with Queen of the Ring, she's getting stopped about every three seconds with people talking to her and taking pictures. Are you jealous? What do you mean? Do I want the attention? <laughs> the long Said pause everything. indicated to me that it's a little bit true. I just <laughs> want everyone to treat me like a female wrestling fan. And give me what? more attention than you would a male. I thought there were a lot of assholes online that treated female wrestling fans like they didn't know what they were talking about. Well, they all appeared to be nice in person. Well, the times are a changing and for the better. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that there's a lot of people that show her some love because she does a, she has a great YouTube channel. If you haven't already, go check out Queen of the Ring on YouTube and. If you're new to to our podcast, you can go back. You can hear Queen of the Ring on our All In episodes. Yeah, we you're planning on uh, setting something up so that we can uh, do another show with her soon, right? Yeah, we need to do that soon because uh, I wanted to wait until the progress show she was at was up to where we could both watch it and then talk about her time in England right. at the progress show. Yeah, but. Uh, so, anyways, on on with the story. Lots lots of New York. Yeah, stuff get to, to the venue. Here. Enormous line because we're there early for the meet and greets. Did not make it into that because there were just too many people. Uh, she saw a friend in line. We went over to talk to her friend. A man in an Amana Marth hoodie yelled at us because he didn't want us to cut the line. We we're just talking to a guy. Uh, so I got yelled at by a guy in an Amana Marth hoodie uh, about what I would have expected from that man. You got, got in trouble. trouble. But turn around, immediately run into the curtain jerks, our buddies from the uh, the Best There Ever Was podcast. I got to tell you, it was so cool when I was watching Final Battle back. There were multiple faces in the crowd that I recognized from All In Weekend. I saw them. I saw you. I saw Queen of the Ring. It's it's cool that it's getting to that point where I know that many wrestling. I have that many wrestling for, uh, friends. Uh, before I got into the venue, I mean, I have to review the Hammerstein Ballroom bathrooms. Yeah, this is an important part. <laughs> this should be our segment, <laughs> our new segment on the show. How was how was the shitter? Great bathroom there. A lot of urinals, a <laughs> lot of stalls. Looks like they they're you know they're ready for you. They're ready for you. There was yeah. no line. It was perfect. Hammerstein ballroom bathrooms. Two thumbs up. Nice. So they've been keeping that up. The 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 for 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 the person who doesn't know that much about pro wrestling, they used to do Monday Night Raw in the Hammerstein ballroom on the reg. Not so much anymore. And one of the things I remember most from the Hammerstein ballroom was the ECW one night stand pay-per-view. Yeah. So I was, that was a wild freaking crowd. I was sitting directly across from where JBL was sitting, you know, in his cowboy hat yelling down at everybody. Did this feel a little bit like a warm up for you for your trip there for in April for mania weekend? I don't know. This show 
had a really unique feel to it because, you know, everybody was there because it was the Elite's last pay-per-view. I mean, they were technically at the show the next day for TV tapings, but this was their last big night at the venue, and the crowd was very, very hot, and they were very hot for the Elite. Can you inform me, because I don't have all the details, and maybe people listening to this podcast don't have all the details, who's staying, who's going? What's what's the situation? So Hangman and Cody's contracts are already up. At this point, they are just going show to sh- they were just going show to show kind of on just a handshake deal. Like sure. they were just hanging around being good boys. The Bucks, I believe their contract runs out at the end of the year, right? Or I think it's up now. It's through December, through, I thought. Yeah. But I mean I don't know. But yeah. Marty's isn't up until April. So that's why he's still there. And that's okay. why I'm sure you saw what happened, uh, or at least photos of what happened the next night at the TV tapings. Yeah. Uh, Marty Skrull formed Villain Enterprises, and now his two, uh, his two guys following him around, PCO and Brody King. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a couple of nice henchmen. It's a weird thrown-together thing, but it's a little guy with two big henchmen, and I think it's going to be fun. I, I could see those three at least you know, going maybe for the six-man tag belts in his final few months. Uh, Marty has a title shot coming up, so who knows? Maybe they end up Brody and PCO take on the Briscoes, and Marty ends up with the gold, and they got tag belts. I don't know. There's a lot of options for them, but it does kind of seem like this is going to be a, a big faction there for at least until April. So the, so the background going into this weekend is that a good chunk of the elite are leaving, and that's the draw for the show. Oh, absolutely. And so, just honestly, this was one of the best cards I've seen Ring of Honor have in a while. It was one where yeah. there wasn't really a bathroom break match. There was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to comment on that. That this was the first Ring of Honor like pay per view in a while that I've actually been pretty excited about. So, totally get why you flew out for it. Yeah, the show opened with Kenny King versus uh, Eli Isom. Was not really familiar with Eli. Love Kenny King. This was clearly put on first, you know, just to to get people warmed up. The next match, though, might have been my favorite of the night: Jeff Cobb versus Hangman Page. It it was a banger. God, that crowd was so hot for both of them. I mean, Hangman got one of the biggest pops of the night. Both of these guys are are big, strong, and they can move like they're not big, strong guys. They're very athletic. They can do some flippy shit. Jeff Cobb can toss you around. And the the thing I want to reiterate, I know this comes up a lot, but it's worth repeating. Hangman is like, what, 27 years old, 28? Yeah, he's young. He has one hell of a career ahead of him. And he's got, and like you said, his Ring of Honor contract is up. He can do whatever he wants. Absolutely. And, and he's, this guy, I could picture like, him being the heavyweight champion of any company. And I would believe it. Well, to be that talented at this age, I mean, that, that's, that's a prized prospect there. So, and to be as talented as he is in such a short period of time. I mean, I, the right. first, I mean, at the beginning of this podcast, you know, when we were first recording, I actively disliked the man. Yeah. Just a year ago. And in the span of a year, not only did he change my mind, he became one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. 
it's pretty easy to see if you've been following Hangman over the last year. He's he's won over a lot of people, and deservedly so. And this match with Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Cobb's had a hell of a year too. The crowd was really split. Like they were both getting a good amount of cheers, and I think people, I you know, I wasn't for sure how much people had really been following Jeff Cobb's career because he was kind of little all over the place. You know, you, you can see him in a lot of different promotions, but him being the PWG champion right now, I think, really helps him. Uh, PWG, AAW, ROH, New Japan. He's, yeah, you're right. He is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this match, oh, holy crap. Got to see man. him give the F5000 to, uh, yeah. which the first time I got to see that was at Bola this year when the F5000 is an F5, but when he throws you, he launches you to where you do a full rotation before you hit the ground. Yeah. And, but I saw him do it to uh, Darby Allen, who's little, but I didn't know he was going to be able to do it to Hangman. And even seeing Hangman do moves, you know, where they kind of roll up and then he deadlifts Cobb and throws him over his head. Just that kind of shit you wouldn't, I don't know. That just Hangman has so many things that make him awesome. I was going to say one of my favorite spots in this match happened early on where Hangman goes to do his like shooting star press off the apron and Cobb catches him and suplexes him on the outside. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> God. It's just, he's had so many good matches this year. Hangman, that is. So, I mean, Cobb as well, but this was no different. This just was such an exciting match for the TV title. And I think when you get to see right. this quality of match second on a show for, you know, a very much a secondary title really elevates this goddamn thing. Yeah, it's and it's actually kind of a shame that, you know, has Hangman what what tag or what title has he held in ROH? He had the six man. Yeah, but he hasn't had like a singles title. I don't think he held the TV title or anything. I'm pretty sure that's it. Wasn't that part of the storyline? Is that he hadn't won the TV title and he thought he deserved it? That would make sense. Yeah. No, I was I was just gonna point out like, <laughs> do you remember back over the summer we were giving Bobby Lashley so much shit because he has that stupid stalling vertical suplex move oh my god there's there's a point in this match where i think it's on the middle rope jeff cobb does a stalling vertical suplex from the middle rope and holds hangman page there for damn near a minute what and he, what he throws up the, he throws the, up the, the samoan two, the, the, he, right before he falls back no he throws up a two sweet and then does a jerk off motion and then falls yeah. back with him <laughs> i think with his other hand he did like the samoan whatever anyways holy shit like it's just if you're gonna do that the stalling vertical soup that's the way to do it to get a reaction in 2018 see him putting <laughs> on these quality matches Cobb, makes me feel like Ring of Honor has a little more left in the tank without these guys, uh, especially with they just signed Bandito. Yeah, that's 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 some other news is that they managed to snatch up Bandito, which is a huge pickup, for especially because they don't have any fucking luchadors. So he could be their signature luchador. I think he could. And once again, to me, Bandito, one of the best in the world. Actually, one of our listeners tweeted at us and said uh, it was it was Rand. He tweeted. Madison Square Garden, Bandito, Will Ospreay, book it. And that blew my fucking mind. I need that match. I just saw Bandito wrestle a couple months ago. God, he's so good. 
Anyways, go go on with the card. Uh, what what did you want to talk about next from this well, show? Well, we have talked for quite some time at length about the quality of the women's roster at Ring of Honor. Yes. Uh, I've spent a lot of time not being super happy about Sumi Sakai. <laughs> she looks like a, there was a car wash opening, and she got tangled up in some flags for the grand opening, <laughs> and that's her ring gear. <laughs> She uh, held the thing for almost a year, and I realized while I was at the show, I had complained so much about it that I came full circle to where I'm like, fuck yeah, hold it a full year. Sumi Sakai at <laughs> Madison Square Garden. So uh, She dropped it. She yeah, dropped it, and yeah. we can move on. Uh, the match... So as, soon as you wanted it to go, so as soon as you wanted it to go on, that's when it ended. Yeah, and... You could have ended at any time. Kelly Klein's the champ now. But the match I bought a ticket to go to this for was because of the next match, Sabre Jr. versus John Gresham. Did you get what you wanted? Partially. The match was about 12 minutes long. And if this match had been... Not as long as you wanted? If it had been another 20 minutes long, I would have had the match I wanted. I, I think another promotion... Like maybe maybe a British promotion will do this. Book these two guys as a main event and let them have a full long match because there were just I could see glimpses of the exact thing I was wanting because they're two mat wrestlers who are known for just twisting guys into knots, and they had a couple really good segments of just you know reversals, and I could have done that for so much longer. I was just so much I was so ready for just a good long match from them. Didn't get a long one. It was quality but want it longer. I could have just watched it forever. So were you a little disappointed? Well, going into it, I was thinking that was going to be my match of the night, and I thought it could make my top 10 of the year. Did not, but it wasn't disappointing. The rest of the show made up for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when it happened, I realized, like, fuck. This wasn't, wasn't everything I had hoped and dreamed for, but as the card pushed on, by the end of the show, there was no way to leave that show unhappy. So coming out of final battle, what's the situation with Christopher Daniels? So he had a match with Marty Skrull, and it kind of seemed like the story to this match was Marty Skrull had to beat Chris Daniels to get a title shot. Chris Daniels had to beat Marty Skrull to have a job. So we may have, they kind of build it up like we witnessed, we definitely witnessed Chris Daniels' last match at Ring of Honor. Did you? Do you know that for a fact? That's what they made it sound like. That's what they made it seem seem like, but then Bully Ray attacked Christopher Daniels after the match was over. To be clear, Marty Skrull beat Christopher Daniels in the middle of the ring. Crossface chicken wing. Yeah, he submitted him. Daniels has a great, like, you know, everybody's chanting, thank you, Daniels. Bully hits him right in the dick. So gets Bully that ultimate heat, you know, that awesome heat for just ruining a uh, a legend's final show. He just disrespects everybody. He's doing that gimmick better than Randy Orton. Just being an asshole. Just being an asshole to legends and shitting on everyone's parade. Oh, then him and Flip had, I mean, all I can describe. Did you watch this one? I saw I saw segments of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. It was an I quit match between Flip Gordon and Bully Ray. They basically booked it like an action movie. Flip Gordon is in Roman Reigns gear, essentially. Dressed like an army man. Comes out with the American flag. He's a hero. He's coming to save the day. Him and Bully just beat the fuck out of each other. 
flips covered in blood. At one point when he popped up covered in blood, his hand was just soaked in it, which le- which made me wonder, did he cut his hand while he was trying to blade? <laughs> that has happened before. There was just too much hand blood out of one hand. <laughs> uh, Bully grabbed Flip's girlfriend out of the crowd and was going to powerbomb her through a table, and he was screaming at Flip, telling him to quit. He didn't. He didn't end up uh, powerbombing her. Somebody came in with a... It's like one of the Ring of Honor... Heads of Ring of Honor, Kendo sticked him. Come save the day. A lot of run-ins. This this match had a lot of bells and whistles. Silas came in and was going to set a table on fire. That never happened. But there, there was a special cameo by an ECW original. Yeah. Only, second time going to New York to see wrestling. Second time going to New York where... Fucking Sandman shows up to save the day. <laughs> How'd you feel about it? I was surprised. I mean, when the lights went off, everybody immediately thought it was going to be PCO, but I don't know why. <laughs> Everyone thought that? Well, I just kept hearing just people you. chanting PCO. I heard some people saying Brody. I'm also thinking, why would any of these guys <laughs> choose this match to join? <laughs> right. But uh, Flip Flip got his moment in the sun. He beat the shit out of Bully Ray with a kendo stick and got him to quit, didn't he? And then at the end of that, while he's celebrating, you know, he didn't want to disrespect the American flag, so he sat it down on the table that had just been covered in lighter fluid. So I is that more disrespectful to just sit it down to get it wet than it is to just crumple it up or lean it somewhere? The question is, did he get blood on the American flag? He was fucking bloody, man. And he, while he's soaked in blood, he gave his girlfriend a kiss. She had blood all over her face. I think it was supposed to be romantic. It's kind of gross. If you were covered in blood, your own blood, do you think Leah would kiss you? She would be hesitant, but maybe. Maybe if I, you know, had been fighting for her honor. Is she there right now? She is not currently here, no. I was going to say, go get her. I want an answer to this. It's like... When are we going? You know what? We, our next uh, live podcast that we do, I think partway through, we should both blade. How's that going to help the podcast? Uh, visually for the people there. The, I mean, the people who are listening to the live episode, they won't know, but the people there, by the end, we're just going to have these beautiful crimson masks. We should have done that at StarCast, honestly. I think it would have impressed Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Do you think it would have scared Ron Funches away? I feel like he would not have joined us had we been soaked in blood. I'm not going up there on stage. I could get hepatitis. <laughs> and I feel like the podcast or podcast movement guys that were recording us probably wouldn't have liked us bleeding all over their setup. Probably not, but we were also there on the last day, so it wasn't like it ruined too many people's day. So you sent me a text about the next match. It was... Jay Lethal versus Cody Rhodes. Cody came out, ends up cutting a promo. He goes heel again. He tells us all, you know, that we're terrible and that if he's, what did he say? He goes, it sounds like you really love me. And I think I love you too. But if I really loved you, I would be going to the Madison Square Garden show and I'm not. Whole crowd's booing him. One thing I completely forgot is how visible I would be on camera through a lot of this. And you, you reminded were very me very visible. You reminded me this in a text when you said I didn't look impressed. At the end of this match, Jay Lethal has Cody in a figure four. 
And in the background, you can clearly see my co-host of this wonderful podcast with his arms crossed and his head tilted to the side with an expression that clearly conveys, hurry up and get this shit the fuck over. And when it's over and Jay Lethal defeats Cody, Garrett gives the very soft, like, three-pat golf clap. I don't I don't know. I don't know if you didn't like the match. I don't know if you didn't like it. Maybe you did, but visually you looked like you weren't happy. I did not like the match. I think it was just a match that we all knew the outcome of because he was leaving. You don't know, Garrett, because it's all it's wrestling. Could, Everything's a work. He could have he could have won the Ring of Honor Championship and said, "Guess what? I hate this place. I'm forfeiting the title. I'm out." The he, ultimate disrespect. Or he could have really fucked with all of us and just been the ultimate heel to the indie community and accept the title, leave, go drop it in the trash on WWE television. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drop this title in the trash can as Stardust. <laughs> if he, oh my God, you know what? I think, once again, that's the Sumi Sakai effect. I think I would come full circle and it'd be my favorite guy in WWE. <laughs> Stardust is the shit. It's this guy who left for a couple years, became one of the biggest wrestlers in the world, and then just fucked us all. So the match on this card that you were most adamant that I watch was the main event. Good. Now, I God. People, this is the match I was talking about <laughs> when I said if I... Had to make a list of matches I would watch right before I die. This one might be on it. It's just fucking brutal. It's a shit show. There's, I don't know if they're botches, but there's people taking bumps, not the way that I think they're supposed to take bumps. There's blood. You got Briscoes. You got the Young Bucks, and you got SCU, and a triple threat tag team ladder war for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Garrett, what was this match like? Fuck. You've got two groups that are trying to have a wrestling match, and then you got two scary monsters on the outside just trying to murder everybody. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a match where guys are just throwing chairs in the faces of their opponent as often as they did in this match. Chair shots to the head, clearly not legal. But during this match, did they find a loophole? They're like, well, technically, I didn't swing it at him. I wasn't even touching it when it hit him in the head. <laughs> It was inertia that did it. <laughs> inertia. The world's greatest heel. <laughs> Kinetic energy, man. <laughs> there was a lot of fucking blood in this. Like, right off the top, Frankie Kazarian's bleeding everywhere. Gushing. Just, I don't even know where he got cut. But then Briscoes are bleeding. I think the Bucks were the only ones not bleeding by the end of this. They, I don't think Scorpio Sky bled. And I don't think the Bucks did. The thing about this match is there were, so, as I was watching it, there were so many spots that I was like, I need to make note of that. I need to make note of that too. And also that. And holy shit. Like there were, there was so much going on in this match. We could do a podcast episode just about this match. And it's only like what? 20, 25 minutes long. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's even less than that. Yeah, it's uh, 22 minutes and 40 seconds. I have it in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just anytime somebody tries to set up a ladder to get the belts, the Briscoes come in and take those ladders away and throw a chair at their face. Yeah. That's it was basically of... a metaphor for life. 
It was a really good metaphor for life. You're trying to climb the ladder of success, living your life, and right when you think you're about to do that, you get a fucking metal chair right in the eye. Yeah, that's you know what that is. It like there's times that I'm trying to get somewhere on time, and then just a Briscoe gets in my way. <laughs> How do you feel about the Briscoes' entrance music? Just the the I don't I like the chickens and shit. <laughs> I feel like the Briscoes entrance music is like the theme song for Mark Twain Cave in Hannibal, Missouri. Just like what I in my head, I don't even know what that is. It's just like, like but it's not that like, damn boys. That's the thing is that it's got a little of that Southern twang thing to it for sure. But then there's also this like this dark, ominous, bassy hum to it that sounds like music that would play like as you're wandering through the the Batman part at Six Flags of the, of the roller coaster, like something that's supposed to make it feel a little ominous. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's a it's a little scary. I that's ha- a, is that is that fun music to hear at the close of a show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the last thing we got to hear because you know obviously we got the the farewell to everybody. But if that is how the show ended with just those guys winning and bye bye forever young bucks, that would probably be a bummer. <laughs> but did you I don't okay, know what else as far as the, the Matt Jackson bump we have to talk about that fuck okay so I was able to see that from where I was uh, I was sitting uh, I was in the third row and that happened kind of on hard cam side I guess and so did okay. they did they replay it I I rewatched it and I didn't see them reshow they had two tables set up on the outside Matt Jackson gets thrown did he get thrown out so, yeah, he gets, like, what would you call it when you get, like, I don't know. I'm blanking on what the move's called, but you get thrown over somebody's shoulder, essentially. Oh, he gets thrown out, back. breaks through one table, and just smashes his face on the other. When that happened, we were all standing there, and we were all very concerned that he was injured. He didn't even land on the center of the table. He landed on the edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it, on one side. Damn, it was... It was the there was only one more bump the entire night that was more brutal than that, and it was it was another botch. It was uh, we didn't mention it the Matt Taven Dalton Castle match. He was coming straight towards us. He had been doing tope suicidas, and then he ran and jumped over the top rope. Dalton ran away, and he definitely overshot how far he needed to land. And from where we were, it looked like he just guillotined his fucking head on the guardrail. Ugh, and from rewatching, yeah. you can tell he hits his chest, but he was just inches away from just decapitating himself on that thing. And <sighs> I, honest to God, we were all waiting to see the X get thrown up because it was it sounded nasty. It looked terrible, but he got up and finished it. If he isn't hurt right now, I don't know how. The Matt Jackson table spot, they didn't catch when it happened, like the second it happened, like live, but they did do the replay on it. And I... The thing is, anytime you see somebody set up a table, like obviously the goal is to get them centered and you centered so that you go nice and neat right through the middle. And anytime you see a guy hit on top of where the legs of the table are, my fear is that the weight of, of the bodies is going to, like, like the legs of the table are going to remain upright, but the wood's going to splinter and you're just going to impale yourself on the metal legs. Oh, yeah. I, How has that never happened? I'm sure it's happened, right? 
I haven't. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's that seems like the worst part about any of those tables is just the splintering and you know getting stabbed in the kidneys and having internal bleeding. <sighs> this, I mean, I guess if somebody's gonna go back and watch Final Battle and they had to pick one match off this card, is this the one you would pick or? I think is so. That Jeff Cobb Hangman match. I mean, if you're looking too. for just good pro wrestling, Hangman Cobb, go to that one. If you're looking for just a glorious, fun gimmick match, this is for you. <laughs> this match has everything. The Briscoes look mean as hell. If anything, this match kind of revived them a little bit for me, where now I look at them as more of a threat and just seeing them in kind of a hardcore match. Just it feels more fitting than just a regular match for them. The Briscoes win their ten time Ring of Honor tag team champions. They take the titles from SCU. The Bucks are leaving. So they're in a position to feud with SCU off and on, aren't they? Yeah, because Kazarian and Sky did resign. So they are there still. Okay. We still don't know for sure the word on Christopher Daniels. Yeah, I mean they Claim that that's his last, but also it's pro wrestling, so you never know. I did. Sure. We didn't mention this though. The young bucks were too sweet in people on the way to the ring, and too sweeted in the match. Yeah, I thought. Here's the fun thing about this: nobody knows for sure what's going to go on. They made a lot of WWE nods or references in that match. They had a goddamn sledgehammer at one point. Right. Right. But did you see this week's uh, Being the Elite? I haven't watched Being the Elite in weeks. Well, this week you finally see them. Uh, they give a note to Triple H, and them and Triple H are walking down the hallway. Triple H turns, reads it, and sees that they're not going with him, and then they super kick Triple H. Ah. So confirmed, not WWE. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I think we're just happy to, you know, be told that it, it's reassuring. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say about final battle or New York or uh, I'm good on final battle. Um, I, it is a venue. I've noticed the security guards at every venue I went to in New York. They really don't want you standing anywhere. Uh, getting pushed out when I was downstairs where the bathrooms were, I stand there talking to some, some friends. They tell me to move. I get upstairs. They're telling me not to stand there. When I was out front of the venue after it was over, they took, they were literally telling us not to stand in front of the venue. We were on a sidewalk. <laughs> no loitering. It's like, okay, fine. I'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, then I got an Uber driver for, uh, that was from West Africa and we ended up in the car together for an hour and we're talking about mental health. What was the rest of your trip like? Did you? Uh, the, oh, the, I didn't get to eat that night. So I had at this point, I had not eaten since Thursday night. I wake up Saturday morning, go do it, uh, do a podcast with the curtain jerks. Our yeah, talk from, about that for a minute while, while we're while we're uh, on the subject. Well, those assholes bought some really nice cookies from a, a fancy bakery, knowing that I'm still on this DDP yoga diet. Eleven pounds yeah, how, down. How how many weeks in? Three. This is this is week three. I'm down eleven pounds. Still haven't had sugar. And see, I knew they were gonna do this. I knew they were gonna tempt you with those cookies, and I'm I think that's hilarious. Yeah, they're. I like them. If you guys should check out the best there ever was podcast, they talk about some of the best matches of all time. 
and uh, they just finished season one. I recorded an episode for their season two. We'll let you know when that comes out. But in the meantime, go check out some of their back episodes. They're nice guys. They're funny. Would we They're... consider them like our, our podcast neighbors? I think so. I found out how much Chris and I have in common. His uh, Turns out we dress the exact same, visually look very <laughs> similar, and both of our wives go watch Buffy while we, you know, watch wrestling. That's cool. So, yeah, it was fun hanging out with those guys. Uh, from there, ended up going to Shine 55, all women's show. Big takeaway from this. Any of these wrestle trips I go on, I like to walk away with somebody I've never seen or somebody that, you know, just wasn't on my radar yet. This person was on Shine 55, and that's Priscilla Kelly. What do you got to say about Priscilla? Because I, I haven't seen anything from this show, obviously. I guess she was in the Mae Young Classic, I'm told. She has a real page vibe to her, but she just has such good facial expressions. And I can't think of anything about the match per se that like stuck out, but she stuck out in it. And it made me excited to see her more times. Uh, this match, though, there were it wasn't the best show I'd ever been to, but I did see some standout things. Uh, Priscilla Kelly was awesome. Mar uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Kimberly. Somebody goddamn sign Mercedes Martinez ring of honor. Make her your champ. Do something with her. She's so fucking good. And then the champ. Had you been to a shine show before? I'd been to shimmer, but I'd never been to shine, which okay. as far as I know is still in the WWN network. So they're tied to like evolve. Gotcha. Uh, Let's see, what was the, the main event with Sue Young, the undead zombie bride, who, if you get a chance to see her, that's a lot of fun. Lady, a lot of blood coming out of her mouth. Real treat. I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she's fun. Uh, Allison Kay, her thing is pinkies up. They had a great match for the title. Allison Kay walked out with it. But uh, this was at uh, Laboom in Queens. We went there, not a ton of people there. There were going to be two shows in a row. Ended up getting front row to this one. I can tell you this. If you're going to a show at Laboom, not necessary to get seats. Uh, it All it does is double the price of your ticket, and there's plenty of room to stand, and you get the same view from anywhere. Unless you're really adamant about getting somebody thrown into the barricade in front of you, not a lot of reason to buy a seat. I think general admission's the way to go at this place. You're being really informative right now. I think this is helpful information for somebody. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't saying anything wrong. No, bathrooms here, bathroom attendant. In a wrestling show, that's awkward. I feel weird about it. Go into the stall. There is a sign in the stall that says throw the don't throw paper in the toilet. Put it in the trash. So I was like, not even toilet paper? What is this? <laughs> My, and that, there was a trash can there, and I looked, and it was filled with toilet paper, but it wasn't shitty toilet paper. So what is this? This is a very confusing thing. It's a test. It's a test. I flushed the, t the toilet paper, Derek. I did. I, I disobeyed what I think the sign asked. I hope that we get a letter in the mail, and I have to pay for their plumbing now or something. The building is no longer standing. Uh, but yeah, we on to, on to Evolve. There was a lot of good shit in this Evolve show. I'd only been to one other Evolve show, and that was Mania Weekend. It wasn't great down there. This one, a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, one of the top matches of the night, AR Fox versus Kurt Stallion. Kurt Stallion, we've seen a bunch at Southern Underground Pro, but since they have a low ceiling, I didn't realize this guy's high-flying abilities and just some of the, just actually what he was capable of. Kurt Stallion, who used to be the Bone Storm champ. This guy is so fucking talented. And him and AR Fox going up against each other, that was awesome. Cassius Ono versus Darby Allen was really cool. 
great getting to see Chris Hero again. And since Darby's a lot smaller than him, Chris Hero just throwing him all over the place. He took a real nasty neck breaker onto the apron. Chris Hero gave him a senton on the apron. Uh, it was is he working as Cassius Ono or Chris Hero? He's working as Cassius Ono because okay, Evolve works directly with WWE. As far as I can tell, Evolve seems to be W or seems to be NXT's developmental. Yeah, because like we've said before, it seems like NXT is forming into its own brand. And it's it's crazy that a different it seems it's weird now that there's three levels to get to. I guess that'd technically be four. You gotta do the indies, get noticed there, get to evolve, get to evolve, get to NXT. But even there, like their <laughs> their tag champs are the street profits. So we saw the Street Profits uh, main event, Fabian Eichner, Roderick Strong, Austin Theory. Uh, and Austin Theory came out with Priscilla Kelly. I was not happy about that. Austin Theory seems like a real piece of shit. He seems like a guy <laughs> who, when he's at home, he's slamming Mountain Dews and watching, maybe, I won't say Mountain Dews, maybe Monster Energy Drink and watching Motocross. <laughs> and it, I didn't understand why him and Priscilla Kelly were together because she's kind of got a page vibe about her, a little little goth. I'm like, she's not watching Motocross and and drinking these monsters with this guy. What the fuck is his problem? She helps him win the match. He tell he fires her, sends her packing. Why did he do that? He's a piece of shit. I found out though. Uh, then Darby Allen came in, challenged Austin Theory. Found out uh, Priscilla Kelly and Darby Allen actually got married uh, the weekend of L.A. Confidential. Aw. So they make sense because they're just just two beautiful goth people that deserve each other. And I hope Austin Theory has a short-lived title reign and goes and enjoys motocross. You saw a lot of wrestling in oh, a I was, short amount of time. I was exhausted. Jesus. I was very, very exhausted. Uh, the next morning, I had to be up at 7 a.m. to get on a plane and get back here so that I could go see uh, the new Spider-Man. <laughs> I saw that you went to go see Into the Spider-Verse. How was it? Derek, if you have access to marijuana. I don't. Well, I mean, I do, but I don't. To any listeners, if that's your bag, put that in your body. Go watch the new Spider-Man in 3D and just enjoy the pretty colors and think you're going to have a seizure. It's a good time. Probably my favorite Spider-Man movie now. Let's move on, though. We're, we've gone so long on this trip. We have other stuff to talk about, man. You said you've got some, uh, you, you said you've got a bone to pick with the WWE. That is not where I wanted to start this. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's, okay. You're jumping the gun here. First of all, announcement to make. I don't know if, if this is co-signed by you. I am officially taking WWE out of timeout. It's time. I have not really been following their programming closely since the greatest story. Not the greatest Royal Rumble. Crown Jewel. The other Saudi Arabia show. Uh, like they're out of, to- <laughs> they're out of timeout in a good way or I mean, they're out they're They're getting an opportunity. And and it coincides. I, we had talked about this before. I knew I was going to start following again around the Royal Rumble, but you you coincide with this shakeup that Vince McMahon said he was going to do on Raw. And I gotta say, it just seems like it, it's the time to start covering again to at least get my thought. There's a lot of people who are not happy. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that. Ratings have been down. The vocalization about how bad the WWE product is, the same old shit. You guys know what I'm talking about. 
So you're probably thinking, why now? It's the road to WrestleMania season. We're we're going to be starting to cover that soon and I don't know. I don't did you happen to catch the segment at the beginning of Raw last night? Yeah, I didn't watch the the whole show from beginning to end, but I did watch the highlights on YouTube and I did see the uh the McMahon stuff if that's what you're talking about. So you saw the quote unquote shake up. The the shake up where the McMahon family is going to have more to do with the show now. Yeah, I think everyone see first of all, they announced this everyone's first reaction to this is, yep, they're doing this for a ratings boosting to get people to tune in and buy into whatever they're doing. Again, we're following WWE again and I'm already coming into it with a with a skeptical gaze. Come on, man. You so so the premise of this whole thing is the, with this shakeup. The premise is we all know that Vince McMahon and his kids, and, and to a, a somewhat lesser extent, Paul, they all have a hand in how this show turns out every week. And what they're telling us on television is, hey, we're going to do things differently now. We're going to run the show. And you guys get to be the authority. Your voice matters. How is this a shakeup? How is this different than anything? What, what like how are they even playing this up? Like they they said I guess I mean I guess the thing to take away from this the biggest thing to take away from this they're bringing in new faces, which means they're calling up people from NXT, which does include heavy machinery. Otis and Jizz. They're coming up. So, yeah. The people I mean, see they know they said they're doing ex- they're doing what the fans want this time. And if I wish I could have gone in the ring with a microphone and said, Vince, what I want to hear you say. Don't look at them. Look at me. Don't look at them. What do you think I want? <laughs> I think that's everyone's reaction. You look at me in the eyes. You've been watching the show. I've been watching the show. You hear what we're all yelling. I'm yelling with them. What do you what have I been yelling? What do I want to see? And you know Paul's going to try to peek over his shoulder to, like, answer for him? No, no, Paul. You stay to the side. I'm looking at you right now, Vince. Otis and Jizz. And then I'd be like, God damn it. Yeah, you're right. I do want to see Otis and Jizz. What if if Otis and Jizz are the Elias of the tag division, where it turns out they weren't shit in NXT, but you get Otis and Jizz there, and they are charisma machines, my friend. They're crushing everybody. They're going to take out AOP. Y'all's about to get jizzed. But we're also getting EC3. All right. There's some people who think that he's built for the main roster and not so much NXT. Kind of the way Elias was. I I agree with that. I actually really like EC3. He makes more sense on the main roster to me. I just, I think, it's funny because I'm taking WWE off their timeout and I'm immediately saying, all right, you're off timeout. Here's why you're still shitty. Here's the, here, here's, here's the issue. I don't buy that you're a changed company. And it's just, I'm still convinced that ultimately they're going to try to shake things up. They're going to move some people around. I could still see AJ Styles and Becky Lynch getting moved over to Raw soon. I mean, keep in mind, they have almost a whole year before they have to start shaping up SmackDown for its debut on Fox. They really don't have to be nice to SmackDown in the next year <laughs> until they have to. So 
who knows what the hell they're doing? Like it's just it's like it's like McMahon's speech before the Attitude Era, where he's like, "Certain things are passe," you know. And the, with this, it's like doing what I want is now passe. We're gonna do. We're gonna try something new, and do what you guys want to see. Yeah, but they aren't doing anything to actually reach out to find out what we want. They're just guessing what we want. And that's what they were doing to from the get-go, right? That's what they've been doing this whole time, unless they were deliberately not doing what we wanted, which is a fucking ridiculous business model. So what has changed? It seemed like they thought we were going to give in. But I won't give in. I won't give in until I'm victorious, motherfucker. And you so, do what I want. I don't know where Raw was last night. I, I don't know. I just want to say, look, I, I know as wrestling fans, we're not supposed to turn on each other and be mean. Fuck that crowd for Monday Night Raw, wherever they were. <laughs> you get one good opportunity where the boss is out there and you can chant something really creative like you can't book or you can't write. some Something fun. Something to really send a message to Vince. And they cheered and they sang along with his, with his entrance music and they ate it up. And Vince got the message of, I don't see what the problem is. Everything seems like it's fine out here. And then he goes back into his cave in the back and continues writing the goddamn show. They, they drop the ball. They drop the ball. I, I, I just, it just pisses me off that the crowd had a chance to send a message. And they just played along with the show like everything's been fine. But I guess technically if they're paying the money to go to those shows, a large part of that crowd is probably happy with what they do now. I just talking about the crowds. <laughs> when you look at the difference between wrestling fans, it is like a weird I don't know if you check the comment section on CNN and Fox News. It feels like the same thing. It's like <laughs> they're just everybody hates each other. So uh, in in response to that, it was fascinating because I did not watch TLC. I think you watched some parts of TLC. Yeah, I watched the 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 last half of it. So I heard that a lot of people didn't like Seth versus Dean. That's what I heard. And so I think it was today. I was reading some tweets online where people were like, yeah, the Seth versus Dean match was complete shit. And then you would see like two or three people under it be like, yeah, it was. It was boring. It wasn't supposed to be like that. And then you see one guy that's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. It was great. It was exactly what I wanted. And... I don't know if this is just a microcosm of society now. It's just like, I don't know if we're really that divided on every single issue in the world or if it's just a, a some like situation where somebody's always playing devil's advocate. Like it could be the worst raw in history ratings wise segments wise. It could be, it could obviously be butchered and there's going to be some people out there like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was great. Am I getting worked here? Okay, I did watch the match. I picked up on that show. Where did I start watching? I started watching the show around the time of Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. I caught their entrances and caught the rest of the show from there on. Uh, the, the the sled spot in the Rey Mysterio match, Mysterio-Orton match, was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. that It was actually a pretty fun <laughs> match. Rey Mysterio did that. It looked like it hurt Randy Orton. Uh, so, you know, I liked it. Uh, but all I could think is he's like, <laughs> he's like I'm going to throw this dude around. And they beat the shit out of each other. They did some creative shit with the chairs. It was actually not a bad match. Next, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, which was very enjoyable. And then 
How do you enjoy the? Do you like the new Daniel Bryan? Um, we're just I, an asshole I, vegan. I see. He's all. I already knew this. I've been watching Total Divas, Total Bellas, <laughs> Total Everything, and I've been saying for years now to you guys. I've been telling all of you he is not fun to hang out with. I don't want to hang out with this guy, and I think they've been. He listening. wants you to poop in a shed. He wants me to poop in his shed. I basically, he is offering me a diet I can currently eat but don't want. So the, those of you who are offering me cookies, I hate you far less than I hate the guy trying to get me to eat vegetables. <laughs> and this guy's rubbing it in my face. He can eat my dick. <laughs> so you, so you, to, but so to you, this is appropriate. Like. So do you like it? Do you like the gimmick? I'm fine with it. I mean, it, we've got a belt on Daniel Bryan. I'm going to take what I can get out of it. Him and AJ Styles had a good match. I I don't have a lot more else to say about it than that. So, and supposedly he's replacing the leather cowhide strap of the WWE Championship with something a little more eco-friendly. Oh my God, if he comes out with like a hemp-made belt, that's going <laughs> to... Is that real? That's real. I mean, that, he said that that's what he's going to do. I love that. I love that. That makes him such an asshole. And <laughs> and the thing is, you can look and be like, oh, that's just heel Daniel Bryan. Real Daniel Bryan doesn't want to hold the leather either. <laughs> <laughs> like he's been back there petitioning. This is the whole reason they haven't let him wrestle this long. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's here. And now we're going to get a weird shitty belt that's going to make SmackDown look like a bigger joke. Is this version of Daniel Bryan really just how Vince McMahon perceives him as a person? Yes. But, like I said, it's how I perceive him. I think that's just how he is. I think Vince is annoyed that he doesn't eat meat, and he's going to make him a bad guy for it. <laughs> Brilliant. But go, go on to your point about the Seth versus Dean match that everyone didn't like. They followed a match that was a lot of fun to watch and then put on just, like, a pretty standard wrestling match. It was I I had been paying attention to like even the Randy Orton match at that point. I didn't have my phone. And partway through the Seth and Dean match, I realized that I had been on Instagram for like half of it. Just just looking at pictures because I was so bored with what was happening in front of me, but I didn't consciously think like this sucks. I thought I can do something else right now. I didn't you even said know it was just like a standard wrestling match. It was supposed to be like a bitter brutal fight. Yeah, and especially since you're putting the IC title after the heavyweight championship or the WWE title, you assume it's going to be something better than what you had just watched, especially yeah. since it's the work rate title. Didn't really get that. It was kind of <laughs> fucking boring. Well, but that main event, dude. Yeah, dude, I know uh, you got to go back and watch the main event. Becky, Charlotte, Asuka. It was a great TLC match. I, I heard that it was great. You and I both love a good triple threat. I'm saw, I'm sure you saw what Becky did to Charlotte. I even texted you as I was watching and said, I think I just said, holy shit. I'm pretty sure Becky just hurt Charlotte. You got worked. Oh, I mean I did, but I, I think she was hurting because she jumped off the top of a ladder and basically just sat down on her chest or like on her stomach from the top of a ladder onto the announce table, which didn't break. <laughs> so she took all I'm of it and Charlotte actually screamed. They had to bleep it. She screamed, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it looked like the way she landed, if somebody did that to me, they would squeeze me like a tube of toothpaste and my fucking rib cage would have come out my asshole. Like it was, it looked like it hurt so bad. 
So basically, it's good that they nixed Seth versus Dean as the main event and made this the main event. If that had been the main event, I don't know how anyone would ever watch again. <laughs> well, since I'm taking them out of timeout, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this match. I'm going to reactivate my network subscription. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know where we are going forward. I know that they taped the next week's episode, the Christmas episode of Raw, uh, the same night. They heard Rhino came back as Santa Claus. Yeah. It seemed like it was a pretty typical episode. That was everyone's complaint, is that it was just another episode of Raw that they've been used to. Let's but just... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that because it was taped in the same night, it's going to take some time. Nikki Cross is coming up. Lars Sullivan's coming up. EC3. Heavy Machinery. There's going to be new faces. And most importantly, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are coming back. Yeah, that to me was the most important uh, update last night. Yeah, that's, that's what huge. I'm excited about. That's awesome. I mean that sarcastically and and sincerely at the same time. Well, how sarcastically? Those are two of your favorite guys, even though Sami Zayn blocked you for some reason. Because I'm because I'm going to talk a, I'm going to talk it up like it's the biggest thing in the world because those are my favorites. But I also know that to a lot of people, it's like ah. Couple uh upper mid card guys coming back. They're gonna do some jobs for Braun again. I don't know. We'll at this point, that... it sounds like Vince is pissed at Seth and Dean, so with KO coming back, maybe he can take his spot. He should take his spot. Did you read that Forbes article I posted a while ago? I don't know. What was it about? F- Forbes did an article on Kevin Owens. Forbes did an article on Kevin Owens? Forbes did an article on Kevin Owens and said that the brand was hurting him because he's Raw's MVP. He can do everything. He he literally is just uh, that uh, this is why I love the guy. He can he's just a jack of all trades. You need somebody to f- have an entertaining segment, he's your guy. They need him back. They're hurting and there's a lot of people just Raw just needs to be better. They'll help. <laughs> and Sammy's coming back too. So that to me, the shakeup, who gives a shit? We'll see what they do. But Kevin and Sammy coming back. I'm following WWE again. They're out of timeout. Jericho unblocked me on Twitter. <sighs> These are interesting times. Hey, I get to see you in a few days. This is exciting. Uh, we're having kind of a friend group reunion, which is going to be shit for me because I'm not going to be able to drink with y'all. I don't think I'm, I'm not going to drink a ton. So don't worry. I'm not going to be like getting shit faced and you whatever. It's going to be bit. The holidays are always busy. I think I'm really only going to get to see you a little bit on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get together and record. I mean, we're going to have to because our other option is I don't know when. <laughs> we'll have to keep people posted on what we do. Actually, I think it would be fun if since what is next week will be the last day of. It'll be our last episode of the year, so I think we could do our top tens. We could start making our top ten lists and do that on Saturday. We could do our top tens. We could just do our best of the year. Just talk about our favorite things of the year, kind of recap some of the best stuff we saw, some things we're looking forward to. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to making some lists, like top it things might, I saw. Be, oh, go ahead. It might be hard to do like a, just a solid ten because there may be a – because, good God, wasn't Kenny Okada just over the summer? Yeah. They didn't they wrestle twice this year? They had two matches this year that were two of the best ever. It's going to be tough. 
there's a lot of things I'm going to have to review. 2018 was a magic year for wrestling. It was, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more last week. I'll go into more detail. There's, there's some high highs and some low lows in 2018. I'll say that. Well, maybe we can make our top 10 highs or top 10 lows. I'm going to do the top 10 best matches I saw live. Uh, I don't know. We can come up with some other stuff. We'll come up with some categories, and then you and I will go through them. And it's subjective, so there's no right or wrong answer. Yep. Oh, so that we'll, we'll, we'll try to work some, some of that into the next week's episode. And matches are still trying to slide into that top 10. I mean, that Young Bucks Briscoes SCU match. Then uh, on New Japan the other night, they had Osprey and Tanahashi versus the Golden Lovers. The classic? Oh, it was it was a really, really good tag match because, you know, it really set up because uh, both are pairs that are going to be fighting at Wrestle Kingdom. And it really did a good job of giving you just like a little taste of what it's going to be like. And uh, let me tell you, if if it's anything like the sample I got, it's so sweet I might not be able to have it. Make sure if you aren't already, you follow us on the social medias. At Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. We interact with you guys. We love hearing from you. We do polls. We post pictures. We post videos. Garrett, you got to get some pictures uploaded from from stuff this this past weekend. I know. I'm gonna start uh, just unloading those throughout the coming days to show you some videos and pictures I took from these events. I also need to mention I forgot this about a week and a half ago. I saw an early and advanced screen in a bumblebee. I went to see that for you guys because John Cena's in it. I'm going to go ahead and let you know. I walked out 57 minutes in. Couldn't handle it. Too many CGI CGI things talking to other CGI things. Beginning, John Cena's a baby face. A Transformer kills his squad. Then he comes in. He's real mad at Transformers. He's going to kill him. I bet by the end, though, he found out that they're not bad. But yeah, I don't give a shit about that movie. It's a prequel to other movies where military guys are trying to figure out what Transformers are. This is a prequel of guys sitting around a table talking, trying to figure out what they are. And I know six movies later, they haven't goddamn figured it out yet. Who gives a shit? That's my, that's my review. I just heard more about Bumblebee than I cared to hear. Yeah, I saw more of Bumblebee than I cared to see. The only way you can get me to watch all of Bumblebee is if you leave a five-star review. Tell me what to watch. Make me see Bumblebee again. I'll do it, but I won't be happy about it. Garrett, do you have anything else to add? Uh, Jeffy, hit your goddamn music. Whoa!